What's up, everybody? Welcome to That Won't Preach. This is Paul T. Johnson, and I'm excited about another episode today, Making Jesus Vomit. You might not make it to the end of this episode. We'll see what happens. Before we get there, I want to thank you for listening and ask that you would write a review. Please rate this podcast and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'd love for you to share it with friends and family who need to hear the truth of the gospel message. For more information, you can visit my website, paultjohnson.org, and subscribe there as well. So here we go, making Jesus vomit. I'm coming from Revelation 3. If you're able to turn there with me, great. If you're riding in your car or somewhere where you're just listening, I'm starting in Revelation 3, verse 14 through verse 19. Or Jesus rebukes the church in Laodicea, and he's speaking to John here, asking him to write these things down. So let's dive right in. Jesus says, And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, The Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God says this, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spew you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing, and you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked, I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire, that you may become rich, and white garments, that you may clothe yourself, and that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and I salve to anoint your eyes, that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Be zealous, therefore, and repent." This is Jesus in Revelation 3. He's rebuking the church. Listen to what he says one more time. I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm, this is Revelation 3.16. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spew you out of my mouth. I will spit you out of my mouth. This is the Greek word emeo. It means to vomit vomit. Jesus is literally saying, your lukewarmness is disgusting to me and I am going to vomit you out of my mouth. I don't know if you've ever tasted something that immediately hit your gag reflex and you just wanted to spit it out, puke it out, even vomit it. This is what Jesus is saying graphically. Your lukewarm nature and character makes me want to hurl. And barf. And Jesus is saying, I will vomit you out of my mouth because you are neither cold nor hot. This is not Jesus just talking to one person. This is Jesus rebuking an entire church in Laodicea and calling the believers to repentance. He is speaking to an established church, believers in Christ, and he is rebuking them and calling them to repentance. So repentance is not just for the lost. No, repentance, we preach repentance to the lost, but repentance is a lifestyle. It's something that God calls us to for those who are true believers in Jesus Christ so that we are not.
not lukewarm, but because they are, he's saying, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. You and I need a revelation of our desperate need for God. This church, these people said, I'm rich, I've become wealthy, I have need of nothing. But Jesus is saying quite the opposite. You don't know that you're wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. They could not see their own spiritual state. They thought they needed nothing, yet in truth, they were without the bare necessities of a spiritual life. And Jesus is rebuking them, and then he's inviting them. He says, I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire that you may become rich truly rich and white garments that you would clothe yourself that the shame of your nakedness would not be revealed that you would get eye salve to anoint your eyes that you may see now listen to this in verse 19 those whom i love i reprove and discipline be zealous therefore and repent so those whom jesus loves he rebukes, he reproves, and he brings his discipline to our lives because he loves us so much that he doesn't want to leave us the way that we are. He calls us higher. He calls us to repent. So Jesus disciplines us and corrects us because he loves us. You know that you are loved by God. This is Hebrews 12. We know that we're loved by God when we are disciplined by the Father, when He is caring for us, when He is watching over us, when He is removing things from our lives, or when He is even thwarting our own plans because He's opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble. Thank God for unanswered prayer. This is a form of discipline from the Lord where we don't always get what we want because we don't really know what we need. We think we are one way, but Jesus... Jesus is looking at us and it's another way. So ultimate deception, and we just spent three weeks talking through this, ultimate deception is when you think you are right with God, when in truth you are not. And many believers and people think they are right with God, but the truth is they're lukewarm. The spiritual temperature of their life is lukewarm. It's not cold. It's not hot. I love this about Jesus, that he's saying, I eat either want you all in or all out because those in the middle perish. Those who stand in the middle of the road who want to hold hands with God and Satan, you cannot do that. Those in the middle perish. Those who are on the fence are not in the kingdom of God. He wants us to be all in or all out. And I believe the heart of the Father is for us to be all in. He wants you and I to surrender, to repent, to accept and believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then by faith live a life that's worthy of the Lord Jesus. Live a life that's pleasing to God. I want to break down lukewarmness further so that there's no confusion. And I'm going to give you some attitudes of lukewarm Christians. I'm going to give you five things that lukewarm Christians say. Number one, I'll do it later. 
I'll do it later. Procrastination will kill your spiritual life. So many lukewarm believers say, I'll do it later. No, you've been saying, I'll do it later for the last few days or few weeks or few months, or some of us have been practicing the I'll do it later excuse for a lifetime, and you're procrastinating and you're putting off what God wants you to do. You are delaying your breakthrough and your healing because you don't want to change and because you are pretending like you want to change when the truth is you're lukewarm, you're deceived, and you're putting off what God has called you to do, what he's asked you to do. You just keep saying, I'll do it later. If this is you and an attitude you embrace, I urge you to repent and do it now. The time is now. Whatever God is calling you to, asking you to do something, whatever he's revealing to you, get busy and and do it. What are you waiting for? Tomorrow is not promised. This life is but a vapor. We've got to get busy doing the will of God and fulfilling his call before it's too late. I live my life with a sense of urgency. There's always this clock that's ticking in my soul. Tick, tick, tick. Another second, another day. A sense of urgency is a gift from God. I live my life personally like I'm running out of time. And it may seem crazy to some, but this is a holy sense of urgency that comes from God. It is a gift to you and I that he shares with those who are in fellowship with him that we must get busy and do the will of God. There's no reason to say, I'll do it later. I wonder what you're currently putting off in your life. I wonder what you are delaying, what God has called you to. Maybe the Holy Spirit is revealing it to you right now. Go and get it done. Humble yourself before it's too late. Maybe you need to break up or get out of that relationship. Maybe you need to quit your job and go find a new one. Maybe the Lord wants you to relocate and take a step of faith like you've never taken before. Don't say, I'll do it later. Say, Father, I want to be obedient. I'll do it now. Number two, I don't want to feel obligated. This is an attitude of lukewarm believers. I don't want to feel obligated. Don't put that on me. I don't want to feel obligated because lukewarm believers avoid a sense of responsibility. Many times they're flippant in their language. They're non-committal. There's a sense of, well, can you help me? Can you serve? Well, perhaps. No, there's no perhaps. It's that comes from that feeling of, I don't want to feel obligated, but the word ought O-U-G-H-T, ought, is in the scriptures over 40 times where it says we ought to love one another would be an example. Why must we ought to love one another? Why must we love each other? Why are we obligated? Because Jesus Christ gave his life for you and I. He paid the ultimate price and was sacrificed on a cross for our sins, not because of anything he did wrong. And so his sacrifice, his level of extreme selflessness raises the bar and the standard and it pushes you and I to feel a holy 
sense of obligation that's good and healthy that if God gave everything for me, then I owe him everything in return. Enough with the thinking that God owes us something. God doesn't owe us anything. We owe him everything. The thought that I don't want to feel obligated, we need to get rid of this from our lives and accept that we have a responsibility to respond to the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross that because he has forgiven us of our sins, we should forgive other people their sins. Forget waiting until you feel like forgiving someone. I don't know about you, but I've never felt like forgiving anybody. It's always taken a work of the Holy Spirit deep within my heart through repentance and through prayer and repenting again and asking God, share your heart with me that I might forgive this person who sinned against me or wronged me because I have an obligation to forgive that person because God in Christ has forgiven me and he's called me to a lifestyle of forgiveness. That is an obligation that's upon every believer. And oh, by the way, Jesus clarifies in Matthew 6 that if you do not forgive those who sin against you, God himself is not going to forgive you. That's how serious forgiveness is. That's how deadly bitterness can be and resentment if you let it go unchecked. It can cost you your salvation and your forgiveness. So maybe the thing that you need to stop delaying and do later or do tomorrow is forgive those who have sinned against you and wronged you. Repent for bitterness and unforgiveness and release them to the Lord. Pray for them and bless them from a sincere place. Number three, lukewarm Christians say, I can't afford to give to the Lord. I can't afford to give to the Lord. I can't afford to give my finances. I can't afford, I'm going to go broke. Can I urge you and encourage you with something? You are not going to go broke giving your finances to the kingdom of God. By funding the kingdom, you are not going to starve. You are not going to run out of money. Actually, when you think of the sacrifice and the depths that Jesus went to, the height and the length that he went to, to deliver us from sin to take us out of darkness and into light that it actually says in Colossians 1 that we've been transferred into the kingdom of his beloved son and we are in Christ Jesus when you begin to think about all that you've been forgiven of and all that God has done for us in Christ that sense of obligation it's not that we can't afford to give to the Lord no we can't afford not to we can't afford not to put our money where our mouth is because here's what I think about giving and money. It's where the rubber meets the road because prayer is free. Worship is free. Church attendance is free. The coffee in the lobby is free and donuts if they have those too. But giving is not free. Giving is where true believers show up and where you put your money where your mouth is. You put your money where your song is. You put your money where your worship is. Listen, if you consider yourself to be a mature Christian, but you are immature in giving. You are an immature believer. You are a lukewarm believer. God wants us to grow up and learn to sacrifice and surrender our money and do it with a cheerful heart because we're never going to outgive God. He has given us everything. It's not that you can't afford to give to the Lord. It's that you don't want to, and your heart is full of either greed or fear or a mixture of both, and God wants 
wants us to repent for these attitudes and learn to give with a cheerful heart that's grateful for what God has done for us. Oh, by the way, God loves a cheerful giver because he himself is the most cheerful giver that's ever existed. Number four, lukewarm Christians say, I don't have time to read or pray, etc. That whole phrase, I don't have time. You know that the average screen time is three plus hours a day for adults. We spend so much time on movies and social media and so many other things, television, internet, you name it. We consume all these things, but then we go and we claim, I don't have time to read my Bible. I don't have time to pray. I don't really have time for a relationship with God that's in-depth and that's sacrificial. This is purely an excuse. It is a lie. You and I both know that we have plenty of time, that it's not about not having time for something. It's about making time. It's about making it a priority because when something is really, really important to us, we will make time for it. I don't know anybody that's ever said, I don't have time to play fantasy football. I don't have time to scroll through Facebook. I don't have time to watch another episode of Netflix. No, we don't make those claims because we want to and God is delivering us from inferior pleasures and he's teaching us how to love his presence and get in his word and value his heart that we would know him and connect with him because it's the only thing that really satisfies. We've got to get rid of the excuse, I don't have time, I don't have time. No, we have time. It's about your priorities and what you make of every day that shows your true values. The fifth and final attitude of lukewarm belief believers, they say, I know I should, but I don't. I know I should, but I don't. I know I should give. I know I should serve in my local church. I know I should help the poor. I know I should help my friend move. I know I should fill in the blank, but I don't. But James 4.17 is very clear that to the one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. If you know the right thing to do, the right thing to say in a situation, and you don't do it, you refuse, you pretend like you don't know, even you feign ignorance in that moment, that is an attitude of lukewarmness that you and I need to repent of and ask God to make us intentional, to make us devoted to help us do the things we know we should. Because again, I know I just said, I don't want to feel obligated. There is a legitimate sense of obligation, but can I tell you something? There's so much more than feeling obligated. There's so much more to walking with God and experiencing his life and peace and joy than just walking around. Like I've got a duty to do. I've got a checkbox. I got to make sure I go to church and read my Bible and pray and check, check, check. And and really your heart is far from the Lord. There's so much more than feeling obligated. You can break through as you discipline yourself, as you live a life worthy of the Lord. There's breakthrough that happens when we surrender, when we stop fighting God and there becomes a sense of pleasure and joy and satisfaction where you're willing to do things, not because you feel obligated. No, you do them because you know that you're loved, because you understand the preciousness 
sweetness of the blood of Jesus that was shed on your behalf, and then it becomes a delight to do the will of God. It's not a duty. It's not an obligation. It is so much greater than that where you say, thank you, Father, for all you've done for me. Lord, what could I ever do in return? And you serve from a place of gratitude. You give with cheerfulness in your heart. You show up with an attitude that's pleasing to the Lord because God has delivered you from lukewarm living and he's taught you to burn for his name with passion. Romans 12 talks about never be lacking in zeal. If your life is lacking in zeal, God wants to give you an upgrade. Jesus even says it right here in Revelation 3, 19. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. If this podcast has provoked you, if you believe it's revealed something in you that's lukewarm and you're like, Paul, what do I do? I urge you, repent. Turn to the Lord. Confess that sinful attitude or perspective or action that's in your life and truly repent and turn from it and embrace the cross of Christ so that you can be right with God. If you want to get right with the Lord, you need to get real with God first. Be real about where you're at. And I encourage you, if you feel lukewarm right now in your walk, you need to share that with somebody. You need to ask for help, ask for prayer, turn to believers who are on fire, who are walking with Jesus, who are not making excuses for their sin. Certainly don't reach out to someone for accountability who has the same struggles that you do. That's not accountability. That's called misery loves company. You've got to get accountable with people who are walking in freedom, a freedom that you want, a freedom that you desire because they're not going to be able to give you what they don't have. So pursue those through accountability, through confession and prayer and honesty that God would deliver you and set you free from lukewarmness and cause you to burn brightly for his name without shame, without fear, so that you and I don't live a life that makes Jesus vomit. We want to make Jesus proud. We want to serve him and love him with a full heart from a place where we know he's already pleased with me. He's given me everything. You don't have to live with shame or condemnation or fear going on in your heart and your mind. You just serve the Lord from a place of belovedness and surrender where you're not hiding anything. It's truly beautiful. The power of a clean conscience. I can't say it enough. It is invaluable to not have those nagging voices of condemnation and shame and accusation coming after you because you're not doing the things you know God wants you to do. Don't be on the fence. Don't stand in the middle of the road. Allow the Lord to push you and move you and even use this podcast to turn up the spiritual temperature in your life, to live intentional, to be diligent, to go after God with all you have because Jesus is worthy and truly we are running out of time don't live a life that makes Jesus vomit instead repent of lukewarmness receive a fresh start and a clean slate today 
I've got more coming next week on repentance, so stick with me. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you guys today. For more information, please visit paultjohnson.org. You can subscribe there on the website as well. You can order a book, Fight the Good Fight. It's a 40-day devotional that will bless you and stir up passion and hunger for Jesus Christ. And don't forget to write a review and rate this podcast. Share it with a friend. Let's go burn brightly for Jesus Christ.